And welcome to the Glossy Beauty Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss the future of the beauty and wellness industries with the people who know them best. I'm your host, Priya Rao, beauty editor at Glossy. Today's episode was recorded live at the Glossy Beauty and Wellness Summit in Santa Barbara with Frederick Fakai, celebrity hairstylist and beauty entrepreneur. In this episode, we talked to Frederick about feeling like an empty nester after selling his namesake company, how every beauty brand imitates Chanel, and why a lasting beauty legacy is about so much more than the products themselves. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. Um, Our last panel of the day is with Frederick Fakai, the uh, amazing hairstylist and founder of his own brand and also the CEO of Bestied. So, um, Frederick, to get started, when you, um, your background is obviously as a hairstylist, you um, were acclaimed in the 80s and 90s. What was the impetus back then for starting your own line? I love this whole 80s, 90s, it makes me old. (laughs) (laughs) No, first of all, good morning. Thank you for having me here. Um, You know, it was an uh, interesting era at the time, you know, uh, I have to give a little bit of background. Life is all about uh, full of circumstances, you know? And I love when people are very analytic and trying to plan things to get a success in their story. Mine is completely the opposite. It's, a, it's about, uh, it's been a, a, a great journey, but an organic journey. It's, a, it's meeting the right people at the right time um, and discovering and not being, you know, being very uh, curious to find things out. So I started, you know, my life um, being uh, in law school. So I had no idea I was going to get into beauty. And uh, one day, uh, I got pissed off with my dad. And uh, I said that, you know, I want to do everything that he he doesn't want me to do. And, uh, And so, I was uh, lucky enough again to meet to meet a wonderful uh, stylist, a makeup artist, uh, quite famous in France. And through a, a session, I was doing some modeling at the time to make some pocket money, and uh, and and I discovered a, a business that thought, that I never thought of. You know, I was from a small town. We didn't know what you know beauty was. You know. The, the closest things that I knew was a barber shop uh, in my town. So I discovered this world of beauty, and um, that's how I quit law school, uh, moved to Paris, and, and, and then I met some of the most amazing people. And again, it's by being curious. You know, I was working on uh, helping this person on doing fashion shows, and. Uh, uh, photo shoots, and then I met another great legend in hair uh, in France, and uh, they hired me, and that's how I started a business. But the fact that I had a little bit of background in law school and business um, helped me to see a, a better horizon than just the trade itself. And um, when I was working in Paris, I got the opportunity to come to New York, and that's in 1982. Now I'm aging myself. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I realized that, uh, you know, back then there's a very different culture, still today, by the way, there's a different culture between, you know, Europe and the US. 
And, uh, um, and I realized that uh, in New York, the women were either very groomed or very sporty. There was nothing in, mid in the middle. And I said, this is strange. So that's how I started to create and educate the team around me to help them have a style that would be sophisticated but casual. So that was the notion at the time of casual chic. And creating hairstyle that would not require to be, you know, doing too much maintenance. And I guess at that time, you know, the woman, I would say, see them coming at the salon at 8.30 in the morning and all made up. The hair well blow dried, you know, with the big hair, the lipsticks and the nails and everything. It was like it was uh, ready to go to a, an event or a gala at night. And it was only 8 o'clock in the morning. So we took this opportunity to show them how to have a beautiful style that would be, you know, comfortable throughout the day, that would be feminine, sophisticated, but yet uh, 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 international, a good a look that would take them everywhere. Frederick, for the women who weren't getting um, their hair cut by you or styled by you, what did you think that you could offer from you know, a hair care standpoint in terms of product, in terms of shampoos and conditioners? And you were one of the first um, founder-led brands um, back then. So tell us a little bit about that. So, so uh, that's a good question. You know, the, the hair care industry back then was quite basic. And what shocked me is that you know, my customer would be like you, you know, great luxury good, you know, great brand, you know, great uh, uh, accessories and all this, uh, would come and would perhaps have a, a, a face cream uh, that would be for three or four ounces, about $300. And then I would ask, what do you use on your hair? And I would have been at the time a shampoo that you would know from the big brands uh, that were $8.99 or $9.99. So I said, what a difference, I mean, between $9.99 here and $300 here. Something is wrong. <laughs> so that's how I came up with the idea of really developing a hair care brand that would be more based into the skincare technology and really elevate this industry by creating a, a luxurious hair care line. And to me, it was very important that, you know, this is the first experience you have uh, when you wake up in the morning, is to make sure that, you know, you have a, a product that feels, you know, rich, nourishing, smells good, and also makes your hair feel a million bucks. So that, that was the idea. That's very on trend right now, of course, um, the way that people are kind of integrating skincare and wellness into hair and all sorts of products. What does it feel like kind of being so ahead of the curve when you did that? You know, I think it's so interesting, and even today with Bastide, we try to do this, but the idea is that, you know, first of all, why wake up in the morning if you have to do something that everybody does? And, you know, I was, uh, please take this with a grain of salt, but uh, I was doing a, a, a market study and looking at stores, you know, and all this, stores that I'm coming up with a startup brand. 
And you know what shocked me? They all want to look like Chanel. <laughs> Everybody has the same packaging, black and white, that same font, you know, very chic, very elegant, but it's the same. So I don't see from one brand to the other brand. You know, it's elegant, it's great. It's a great uh, creative artist that did a very good job, but I find it that it was quite similar. So to me, what I encourage people is like, take the plunge, take a risk, be differentiated, do something that really means something to your guts, to your lifestyle, something that you have your own experience. You know, making a look like Chanel, Yes, it's beautiful, but Chanel owns it. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's, to me, the idea is like, you have to push it. You have to do things that are meaningful. I think it's important that whatever you do, it has to be not for a business reason. And I'm, I know I scare people in business when I say that, you know, but it's not, it shouldn't be a business reason. The business reason will be the consequences of your, of your knowledge, of your passion, of your vision, of your know-how. And that is what is important, is you have to bottle up something that you, are, you care for, that you believe in, and you're excited about. Then the rest comes, because it's, it's, it's meaningful. But if it's just done to fill a void in a market somewhere, that's such a Ball, it's a horrible. Frederick, um, when you were still a part of your own brand, Frederick Kai, you were the biggest hair care brand, uh, the best selling hair care brand at Sephora, but you sold to Procter & Gamble in 2008, took a little bit of time off, um, and now you're at Bestie. You're the CEO of Bestie, what some people would call a sleeping giant natural brand in hair care. What was interesting and different um, coming back to the table about Bastide versus Fakai, your own line? You know, first of all, you know, when you sell your brand, you, you feel like empty nested. It's <laughs> like, you know, you helm, you, all of a sudden you realize like nobody's there. <laughs> and uh, so I took the opportunity to change my life and try to do other things. And, you know, and looking at investing in brands and consumer good and looking at different things. And then one day I woke up and I said, what am I doing? And then I realized that, you know, the thing that I like to do is building brand and, and, and doing something that I believe in. And Bastide is a, a brand that I was familiar with. The name, the name of the brand was called Cote Bastide before. It's a brand I was familiar in France with, and I was always charming, but I realized that the lady that owned it was struggling with it because she was very talented, extremely talented, but not interested in matching the business, and the children were not also interested. So I said, let me partner with them first. And when I partnered with them, they, I realized that this was too much for them. So I bought the company. And, um, and, and this was inspired, again, to be consistent with what I said earlier, is just, why did I buy this company? It's just I realized that after so many years in New York, I've been in New York for 36 years. I love New York, but I realized, you know, we were just talking this morning at breakfast with April, I realized that, you know, there's a moment in your life where you need to realize what you do and why you're doing it. And 
because we bought a house, my wife and I, in Provence, we realized that it's in, in a town called Aix-en-Provence, we realized that people were different. Again, when we talked about culture. And this time, it was me, the French guy coming from New York, who was having a sh culture shock in my hometown <laughs> 36 years later. And I said to myself, oh my god, I feel, I feel out of place over here. You know, because I was used to all these women in New York that are completely obsessed with, uh, uh, you know, luxurious uh, logo and, uh, and so on and so on. And I see that over there, men and women were having a, a very cool, effortless beauty and elegance. And I said, what is it? And when we dig in a little bit too much, we just realize how people lived. And they lived differently, a little bit like, like you do actually in California, but a little bit more uh, uh, pushed over there. You know, they go to the market themselves, men and women. They pick their ingredient, the ingredients that they're gonna eat. It's not fresh direct. <laughs> they go there, they pick it up, they smell it, they talk to the, the grocer, they talk to the butcher, they talk to the cheese maker. I mean, they, they have a passion to know what they're gonna actually absorb in their body. And they do the same thing when they go to pharmacy or when they go to um, the apothecary. They are interested. They're looking at the ingredients, where it comes from, how it's made, and, and, it, and I realized that this was a way of having an educated lifestyle, but also a peaceful lifestyle. So I said, oh my God, this is the inspiration for Bastide. We're gonna have to do this, what we call now today, slow beauty. But you know, something that is simple, that is potent, and, and, and that is also, you know, uh, uh, to me, I love when the brand transports you somewhere. Where if you, you, you take a product, you open it, you smell it, it really makes you travel somewhere. So that's the idea. With Bestide, um, it is a natural brand, which is um, something that's obviously very on trend, very of the moment. How do you think communicating that, especially for a company that's been around for over 25 years, reestablishing that? Was that difficult? Was that easy? It's, it's difficult. So let me make sure I make a clarification. And I, I, I love, I think it was Barbara before who was speaking. There's, there's a something, there's a huge trend about natural. Natural means nothing today, okay? It's, it's frankly, natural is like a yawn. Oh. <laughs> it's like, it's, today, it's, you have to be very diligent on doing products that are safe. Let's call it safe. Safe is much more targeted, it's much more meaningful than just natural, okay? So our product, we call them safe. It's 100% non-toxic, but however, it's important, and I'll tell you, it's an experience that uh, uh, we, we loved, that with our team we laughed. We tried to do products, some of the product, like 100%, I mean 100% natural. You know what happened? Customer wouldn't buy it. Why? The experience is horrible. So it has to be safe, but with a touch of technology, performance, and with, as she said, safe synthetic. 
This is what makes the business or the, the product much more potent, much more powerful. Because, you know, it's beautiful. I met some of the most amazing artisans and, you know, we do the product. Yes, it's great to have them at home for one month. Then after that, you have to throw them away. So, so the idea here, the lesson we have is that we, we, we teamed up with some amazing, you know, uh, uh, artisan and, uh, uh, and chemists that uh, really uh, blend and formulate product that are safe, but yet, you know, takes you for, for a, a nice ride. Frederick, talk to us a little bit about um, your retail strategy, just because it is uh, reestablishing this brand, but also you're in, very, you're in a select few number of retailers, but also have your own e-commerce business. It's probably very different than what Fakai was like when you were still running it. Talk to us a little bit about that kind of difference and what's changed. Yes. So, yes, today, obviously, uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, as you all know, very difficult to, to get uh, distribution. Uh, it's expensive. Uh, whether it's on wholesale or you're on brick and mortar, um, it's, it's expensive. Online is also expensive, but however, it is so much more uh, performant and targeted when you do your own campaign on social media, uh, when you do your own event, when you communicate directly with your customer uh, online and, and create a, a, a database that is much more uh, uh, focused. So by doing that, it's a slow growth, but it's definitely a growth that is sustainable because you see you know, repeat customer, especially if you have a good product. And, uh, and, and that, that is, a, to me, the difference. Uh, with Fekai, we had the luck to have an experience with the salon. Uh, with Bastide, we don't have that yet, but we will. Uh, and I think it's important to have today uh, an experience based, but also uh, sharing that uh, with uh, uh, online with a great uh, communication, uh, whether it's guidance on beauty, uh, wellness. It's important to have a, 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 a genuine report, a genuine communication with your customer. So it's not just about the product, it's about sharing tips. You know, I think what we forgot is that we all think, yeah, thank God we have product, but you know, it's not, it's not the product only by itself that makes the magic in beauty, okay? It's, it's about everything around it. It's to make sure, and I saw it when I did the salon, that was the most amazing experience for me, is that it's guiding customer. You know, we all try to have confidence in, uh, in ourselves, but you know, we also, also uh, 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 sometimes, uh, how would I say, um, doubting about who we are and how beautiful we are. Many times, and I would see some of the most beautiful women coming to my chair and really uh, uh, basically uh, uh, not feeling that, well, that, that beautiful. So to us, it's important to make sure that people are, have advice about how to live a beautiful life. What it is, you know, the rituals in the morning, the, the great rituals, whether it's just to have, wake up and drink a, a, a big glass of water with a, 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 
squeeze of lemon uh, to start the day, uh, whether it's uh, uh, you know to um, <coughs> guide them with a, with the food, uh, how not only what to eat, but how much to eat, how many times during the day, um, how to sleep, uh, uh, to have a life. People love that to understand how to live well, you know, take the time to do things. We all obsessed with work and all this, but we need to figure out how to balance everything. So it's really about what do you do to make sure the product works. It's not a product that's gonna make work the other part. You know, the product doesn't give you that. It's, it's really what you do with your life that makes you feel more beautiful. Frederick, what do you think the biggest transformation, aside from like obviously digital, that you've seen happen in beauty and hair care over the last several decades? I think, uh, you know, uh, digital obviously has been a revolution here. But I think what is happening today, which is very exciting, and I'm looking into that now, it's, it's really about customizing, customization, personalization. People want now a product that really speaks to them. Why having a generic product that works for everyone? That was the past. Today is a product that is for each individual. And so, of course, there is this whole amazing trend of artificial intelligence. And uh, so I'm looking into that, which is great. Um, but that's, that's the direction today. That's the, the, new, the new norm, is that to have a product, and this is what uh, 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 we start to do with Bastille is how to, to make some products that are just for some events, for some special, you know, some, some, um, some individuals. Before we toss it over to questions, um, there's been some buzz around you lately, Frederick. Can you share anything with us at this time? You know, it's all rumors, and uh, so I can't comment right now. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. A special thanks to Gianna Capadona, the producer of this podcast. If you enjoy the Glossy Beauty Podcast and aren't a Glossy Plus subscriber yet, it's time to consider joining to get access to all of Glossy's content, member events, ticket discounts, Slack chats, and more. Head to glossy.co slash plus and use the code PRIA25, P-R-I-Y-A 25, for 25% off an annual subscription. Don't forget to subscribe to the Glossy Beauty Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and leave us any feedback you have.